We know that I'm sending the second one. The algorithm doesn't know that. Even if that gets stuck in a spam, that's not the only email I'm going to send. Even if people misunderstand and flag that and we get in a little bit of trouble, email's not the only way we're talking to anyone and that's not the only person we're talking to, right? We're diversifying our efforts to protect ourselves against this stuff that we can't control. Success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you are here with us today because you're on the little blue pill for business, where it's all about getting it up and keeping it up and talking about revenue and profits. But we know it's all about the six inches between your ears. So I, your host, interview some of the hottest people in the industry that are blowing and going so that we can help you get in on some action. Clearly, this is a podcast for people who enjoy a little tongue in cheek and not just physically. And today we are jumping in bed with the bestest guest, Annie. So excited to be here. We were just talking about how Zoom keeps moving the buttons. And I went, what? That is so mean. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's like sleeping with most women, I'm sure. It's like, where the hell was that button? Where did <laughs> <laughs> I got to get the inside one and the outside one and ideally at the same time? What? Right? We are starting <sighs> off on the right foot here, my friends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The right note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but ain't girl, that like running a business? You got to get the right buttons at the right time in synchronicity. Right? That's what it's all about. So gi- give us a highlight. Let's just jump in here. And uh, who are you? And what do you love to do for business? Oh, who am I? I am Annie P. Ruggles. I am the founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and QuirkWorks Consulting. Basically, what that means is I help over-delivering ethical weirdos sell beautifully as themselves and market correctly so they find the right people without all the shoulds of marketing that's thrust upon them. I'm also the fractional CMO for a handful of really incredible businesses doing weird, wacky, wonderful stuff in the personal development and business growth space. So that's me. Love, love, love it. So how did you get into marketing as a thing, (laughs) as if I didn't know? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody with that much character goes into marketing. (laughs) Oh my God. It's, (laughs) I, I, yeah, I think the Venn diagram of like theater graduates that somehow wind up in marketing is like basically a circle. Um, (laughs) but, but how did I wind up in marketing? Little bit of the theater to 
marketing pipeline, which sounds like the school to prison pipeline. Like, no, a little bit of the theater to marketing pipeline because theater became theater business uh, and theater marketing. And then I found out that if I was learning through my job then as a kid, how, or as a 22 year old, how to market big, big theater, I could use a little bit of what I learned there for small, small theater, which in Chicago is like two on a block. Right. And so I went from big, big marketing to little theater marketing. And then I realized that a little bitty theater and a mom and pop shop are not all that different. And a mom and pop shop are is not all that different from one mom out trying to get a dream going as a service provider. And it just kind of bled through there over the course of 15 or so some odd years. But I really got my marketing start uh, unofficially being unpaid child labor in my mom's business uh, because my mom is a motivational speaker, now retired. My dad was a business strategist, now also retired. And so if there was a marketing problem to be solved in the business, make the 12-year-old do it was kind of the norm. And so I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial environment, but I also grew up wearing a lot of marketing hats just because my mom was the talent and my dad was basically the CFO and somebody had to send the faxes. Right. The, the faxes. Peak, the peak hill dude. of marketing, sending out faxes. Right? Like, and somebody, then, but then somebody had to write the faxes. So I was like going into copywriting and then somebody had to follow up on the faxes. And so I was going into contracting and then somebody had to, right? And, and for like, the 22 year olds listening to this right now who think we have oh, grammatical issues with faxes, yes. I'm not talking about the fax, I'm talking about the faxes, no. which is a fax machine is something that basically sends a letter through a phone very loudly on very expensive otherwise useless paper that is a fax machine children that's good i like that one mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what it was awesome so <laughs> who, who do you love to serve and support now or who would you say comes to you the most oh you? Luckily, those two things are pretty much the same. The people I love to serve most and the people that find me are are very much the same. But I call out to empaths, intuitives, and people that really struggle to receive through the art of selling. Uh, largely, the people that find me or come to me have been burned in their sales attempts before or are so avoidant about the very idea of selling and what it might require of them that they just you know, turn it off, don't look at it. Uh, but the people I most love to serve are tired of being should on by marketing. They don't want to carve their own path completely. They don't want to reinvent the wheel, but they want to do their version of industry best practices and standards, not the swipe file boilerplate version, which is so prevalent in industries like personal development. So yeah, basically if you're out there doing it on your own and you've been told a million times that won't work that's a stupid plan maybe it will work let's try it together is always what i want to you know push i love it so anybody who's out there going i hate marketing i hate marketing i hate marketing but <laughs> you have some personality mm -hmm. to throw in there uh yeah is definitely your gal because i can assure you that with a little bit of creativity on her side and bringing those wild and crazy ideas that nobody else can figure out how to make work. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good that she's going to make them work. Just saying. 
I am kind of the weird whisperer. I, that's that's definitely true. I can pull off things with and for people that people are like, you did what now? And I'm like, oh, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And it was fun. Awesome. So give us an example of one of the more fun projects that you got to work on or ones oh, that you man. went, oh, this isn't going to work, but then it did. And it was awesome. I mean, it's it's so fun. So right now I'm working on a project and I can't give all the specifics yet because it's still on like pre-launched. But right now, and it's so perfect for a little blue pill, I uh, am working on a project with another sister in ethical sales of mine named Alicia Barr of Sales is Not a Dirty Word. And she and I are partnering, serving clients who are professional adult entertainers. Uh, and they on like OnlyFans and porn sites. And they wanted to put out a course about the importance of female pleasure and how to help bring it about. Speaking of buttons that don't work, yeah. (laughs) Amen, hallelujah, (laughs) right? And that's the amazing thing is like, we. it's so funny because back when I was in software, I was the director of marketing and sales for a small software firm for a really long time. And what we were always talking about was the importance of domain expertise. Like you can hire someone to build your tech stack for you. You can hire someone to teach you how to run an HR department, but everybody building these products, these $200,000 products, what we were looking for in people to partner with was high domain expertise. So like people that could do things better than other people and understand industries better than other people. And Dang it, if these two adult entertainers aren't the best example of domain expertise I've ever seen. They know their bodies, they know each other, they know how to create beautiful video on something that could not be beautiful real fast. They know how to break stuff down, they know and are willing to talk to like how uncomfortable some sexual topics are. And they're also just freaking adorable, but much like most domain expertise havers, they don't know anything about how to market a course because until two months ago, they didn't even know that they could have a course, right? So Alicia goes to them in her brilliance and it's like, y'all, you're something special. You could put out some beautiful work into the world. You could monetize this. And they were like, heck yes, how? And I love that. I love that ownership of we are the best at what we do and we're willing to explore when we have the right support. Right. If we have the right team, if we have the right idea, if we have the right person holding our hand, we can get that done. But it's always really fun to like code shift because I'll be in like a client meeting working on special education fundraising decks. And then I'll turn around and I'll be like, hold on, I got to go audit this very not suitable work for work series of videos and then somehow write an email that goes out to the list promoting this video that won't get sucked into spam filters. It's just so enjoyable. But again, they're not creating porn that you would call porn. They're creating porn, but it's more than porn. And that's the kind of person I want to work with. It just, you can leave your clothes on if you want to. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Well, and I, I love the juxtaposition too, that um, it, it's probably the porn that most people should be watching <laughs> so that they can actually yes! have a sexual encounter with a real person. And, yes! and it, to your point, it is so difficult to get through the filters of things when 
especially when there's algorithms running the filters, right? Like yes. a computer has no way of deciphering whether or not this is something that is educational and necessary and or um, straight up. And right. a lot of people don't understand those nuances because they, that's not their specialty. Like understanding Facebook ads, Google ads, and any other ads for that matter is really understanding what those algorithms and filters are filtering for. And they change on a monthly basis. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I mean, Amazon famously now, because I've been whining about it on anyone that will turn a microphone on for me, Amazon accused me of plagiarizing my own book and in doing so delayed the launch of said book for almost two months because they wouldn't publish it. What? That is because algorithms to your point and even the best AI, which I love, I am not anti AI at all. Not as a writer, not as a marketer. I embrace our robot overlords. It's fine. With the exception of whatever happened in the Amazon algorithm, it convinced their supercomputer that makes all decisions, apparently, that I had submitted a plagiarized version of my own book up to and including they sent an email to Annie P. Ruggles at Annie at AnniePRuggles.com that said, we have found that this book is a full plagiarization of The Coach Who Would Not Sell by Annie P. Ruggles. And I literally wrote back to them, look up at who you emailed, Joe. Oh, God, that's hilarious. So we got to be careful, but also at the same point, we just kind of got to evolve. And we kind of just got to roll with the weird algorithmic punches because what else are we going to do? Right. But when, when we have those, those issues, I mean, getting your own email, getting an email saying you've plagiarized yourself is one thing. Uh, but another thing is that people don't realize that with those kind of algorithms, Google and the overlords can uh, not really shut down your site, but they can make your site invisible to everybody else with when you don't have things in place like proper site maps. And they're yes. going like most people are going like, what the hell's a site map? And why do I care? And isn't that like an 80s yes. term? And like, what? But that's why it's so important not to put all strategic eggs in one bucket. Yeah. Right. My Amazon launch got horribly botched and I was upset about that, but I wasn't devastated and it didn't. I mean, I would have made more money straight up. Right. But I also didn't put all my financial eggs in that basket. So what happened was I already had a big friends and family marketing campaign set. I had a big organic and social with my email list campaign set. Those went off like a without organic, a hitch. Just saying, I got to say that. Big, big organic. Mm, mm -hmm. But I, you know, and so those other things went off as planned. The book still got out there because I wasn't just going, it's Amazon or bust, right? And so if I did send one email that I used, the, you said I can say whatever I want, so here we go. Yep. Like if I, to your point, when I write an email for my clients and I put the word clitoris in the email, is that somebody selling some kind of supplement or something in spam is that a nigerian prince email or am i actually sending something about how to better treat a clitoris 
We know that I'm sending the second one. The algorithm doesn't know that. Even if that gets stuck in a spam, that's not the only email I'm going to send. Even if people misunderstand and flag that and we get in a little bit of trouble, email's not the only way we're talking to anyone and that's not the only person we're talking to, right? We're diversifying our efforts to protect ourselves against this stuff that we can't control. Right. And, and it's funny because things that I have seen get trapped are things like chicken breasts. Yep. Um, completely different topic, but um, adrenaline. Yep. Um, and um, and it was something to the, the effect of sports performance. Yeah. And it was the word performance. <laughs> flag. Yeah. And it's like, really? Like, really? Come on, people. Come on. Yeah. Somebody's got to read these things. Exactly. Somebody's got to read these things, but they don't. Right. And we're getting further and further away from some kind of beautiful mass governance that's actually run by humans. And so we all have to do a better job of bringing Hiring awareness like you to go into awareness and variety yeah right. yeah like it the onus is on us we're not going to be able to change these algorithms i wish we could i would dedicate my whole life to fixing them if i thought it was possible but a i don't know how the internet works even after five years in software not a freaking clue number one right number two it's only gonna get weirder and more tech complex we're all gonna feel like our parents programming microwaves soon it's happening, people. We can't change it. We may as well lean into it, right? And all Absolutely. we can do is bring attention and intention to our marketing and selling so that when cancer culture or a freaking algorithm comes for us, we're as golden as we can be. Absolutely. I love it. So when, when you're working with people, what does that look like? How do you kind of bring out the best of them and and avoid the, the overlords <laughs> Start to be able to yeah. kind of know, hone in on people because I'm, I'm assuming that your average introspective kind of introvert is not going mm -hmm. to have the exploitive <laughs> kind of marketing that we have or the two no. stars have. So no, <laughs> how do you but help anybody, everybody in the world is worthy of attention. Absolutely. Everybody yeah. in the world is worthy of attention, right? Yes. And until you start mistreating people and abusing people, and then the world should shut your mic off, right? Like, but until then, you deserve to take up space, right? And so people come to me all the time and they say, especially after I rebranded and, and launched QuirkWorks, the objection that I get would change. The objection I would get to the non-sleazy sales academy is I hate sales. And I'm like, cool, you hate what you think sales is. Let's show you a kinder, more ethical way. And then you will love sales, right? But the objection I get to QuirkWorks is Annie, I'm not you. I'm not loud like you. I'm not funny like you. I'm not a Muppet like you. I don't have weird Medusa hair and giant eyes and nerdy glasses like you. I mean, they will give all, all, I don't have a theater background. I don't, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. It's not about being loud. It's not about being ostentatious. It can be if those things are natural to you, but it's more taking off the veneer of all the shoulds and 
all that my dear friend and client Jen Koken calls it whittling away that we've done of our edges and our greatness to try to conform, right? I see all of that as just a literal veneer. And when people come to me, we just strip it away. And sometimes stripping it away is as easy as people being like, everyone says that I have to have a webinar, Annie, and I don't know what to do. And I don't even like webinars, but everybody says I have to have a freaking webinar. So let's go. And I'm like, well, hold on. Do you want to have a webinar? And sometimes I go, well, yeah, yeah, I really think it would showcase me well, but I just really don't like this topic. And I'm like, well, if you were completely unmuzzled and uncensored, what would you call the webinar? And then brilliance falls out of their mouth. The very second I say, if you could call this thing whatever you would want to call it, or if you were explaining it to your great aunt Lucille, who doesn't understand your industry at all, what would you call it? And they're like, oh, I think I would just call it stop wasting your damn time. And I'm like, yes, yes, don't call it productivity hacks. Call it stop wasting your damn time, please, please. Right. And so a lot of it is just that unlearning of, of all the things that have been like your brand must be rose gold and cursive and you must use a certain amount of buzzwords per day. Enough. Enough. Those things are best practices marketed as law enough. If we start to do, if we start to free you of that, the excavation becomes easy because when you feel free, your creativity and your brilliance flows. If you feel trapped, constrained, or like you're about to do something out of integrity or way far outside your boundary, you're not going to give it your all. You're just not. And who could blame you? No one. Right. Well, and bringing it kind of full circle on this is with all of the algorithms that are happening, your creativity is more important than it's ever been in being able to bring that uniqueness to the world so that they can hear things in a way that they've never heard it before. So I think the timing is paramount that we start getting people that think they have to do it the way that everybody else is doing it and just go, no. Okay, that's a zillion, right now. billion, trillion, zillion, zillion, billion, trillion percent. Yes. Right. Every single one of us is in a crowded market that's getting more crowded by the day. That's just because there's more people on the planet all the time. So if you're not going to say something exciting. Because you can't say anything new. Everything's been said. If you're not going to say something exciting, wait until you're riled up enough to have something to say. And not everything you say has to be Nobel Prize winning either. And you can say the same thing 500,000 times because people need to hear it 500,000 times. And everybody doesn't hear it every single time you say it, right? That's another thing I get all the time. I don't have enough content. I don't have enough content. Well, then say the same thing 600 times. I don't care. Well, and as I always said when I was teaching my courses, it's, it's up to me to say it five times, five different ways so that you understand what I'm talking about. It is not up to the student to figure out what the hell a teacher is talking about. I think that's why our school system failed so badly in the first place. The teacher would say the exact same thing five times the exact same way. And it's like, dude, I could have yeah. taken a videotape of that and watched it over again. And I'm all for right. that in marketing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I will definitely take but that video and splice it. But outside of change it But just up a say little. the exact same thing five different ways, record those. And all of a sudden now you have 20 pieces of content that you didn't realize that you had. And yes, you're saying the same thing over again so that people can hear it the way they need to hear it in order to be able to understand. Yeah. 
you just really inspired me. I'm going to go find a bunch of podcasts where I've said the exact same sentence with small changes <laughs> to show how easy diversifying saying the same thing over and over can be because some days I just give different examples or I use different adjectives or I accentuate different words or I do it in a weird, silly voice. I don't know. Like it, there are ways <laughs> to change stuff up that are much, much lower effort than you may think. And then yes, why repeat it? Because it bears repeating, period. Nice. And it. you can put your own spin on literally anything, 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 even right. things that people hate, you can make glorious and new. Dude, if we can talk about business on the little blue pill for business, <laughs> make anything, anything, trust me, trust me, five minutes with either one of us in a room and uh, you'll be knowing this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. awesome. which is exactly why when you're like i have this show and i'm like oh i'm i'm going on that show <laughs> right mm -hmm. awesome so i got to say clitoris on a podcast what if that ever happened right and we won't even censor it how fun is that <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> mom i made it <laughs> so when somebody is listening to this, they identify themselves as potentially an introvert or potentially somebody that's like an extrovert and going, yeah, but, you know, I shouldn't be saying myself or like, so there's that kind of stuff going on. But what's actually, what kind of struggles do they have in their business that they're going, oh my God, Annie, I need you so badly. One, if they're bored to tears with their own shit. <laughs> Ew, I mean, that one, so I, six else. figure boredom is very weird, right? So there's, it's really by level at a five figure or no, I'm going to say at a five figure at a five figure up to high five figure level, people are experiencing saturated markets, low conversions, and a whole lot of shoulds thrown all over them. They're buying tons of courses they're sending everybody swipe files they're spray and pray marketing they're trying to find their footing they're trying to figure out how their offer suite and what they want to solve mashes up with the people they most want to serve and they're trying to put a price tag on all of that and not embarrass themselves while they sell it right that is a very specific hell in which i lived for a very long time and if you are in that bucket guess what the only way to six figs is to keep trucking on but drop the shoulds along the way, they're dead weight. If you're in a six-figure business, especially a low six-figure business, or you've been at the same six-figure chunk for a while, you probably have weird imposter syndrome that somehow you got here and it's all going to be taken away from you if you don't just keep performing, right? It's like, I wrote one best-selling book and now I have to write seven more, right? So it's this idea of keeping up with the Joneses when we ourselves are the Joneses. If you're higher into six figures, you are probably bored to death of your own stink. You are probably so tired of saying the same things over and over. You are desperate for a new catchphrase. You are known in your industry for something that once really excited you, but now is maybe kind of stale or you've lost the freaking land, like the, the lighthouse beacon of your why. And so you're like, oh, look, I built a company that I don't even freaking want. And who is this person in the mirror? I don't know them. Right. So it's that falling back in love with your business feeling 
Or if you're at high six figure trying to scale to seven, you got to get everyone you know on that wagon. You got to get a whole team. You got to get C-level people. You got to give them big money and you're going to need big social in a big hurry. And that takes a lot of energy to sustain. Right. So if you're at any of those buckets, it's all about growing into that next level, that next iteration of you, which is the truer form of you. But at every single one of those, it's the same problem, which is vulnerability. If you show yourself, if you show your underbelly, it's going to ache sometimes and it's going to feel real awkward, especially the first time you did things. Like I just said, I said clitoris on a podcast. Oh my God, that has never happened. I just said it again now. It's three times now. There is a little part of me in my head right now that is screaming. You're going to get canceled. I can't believe you said that. Michelle said it's cool, but she's going to be mad. I know it's called Little Blue Pill, and I know that like the whole beginning was like a million amazing sexual innuendo, but you probably should have said clitoris, Amy, that it's too far. Rain it in. Be safe. Be safe. Be safe. Right? That's There's a little part in my brain that's loud enough for me to hear exactly what she's saying. But I can tell that her, which is that me, to cool it because I read the room. And I told the truth and I really did have to figure out how many times I can say the word in an email without it automatically going to spam. That's just the truth, right? But how am I after hundreds of podcasts going to change that up? I'm going to say stuff I've never said before. Right? So that's the evolution as I see it is when people most need me. But at every point, the pain is that vulnerability. The pain is if I'm showing up as me more and more and more, it's just like sex. If I'm showing up fully me, will I be accepted and will other people find pleasure in what I'm offering? That's stressful, y'all. Right? But of course they will. I love it. So I know that our listeners are going to want more from you and not just because you said clitoris. <laughs> Some of them might. That's all good. <laughs> So how do they so, and those people just wait until we launch the pleasure course and then you can go and get that. Uh, how you get into a conversation with me? If you want to experience a little bit of my weird to be like, what does she mean weird? What does she mean different? Then go on over to sellcoachsell.com, even if you're not a coach, and get yourself a free copy of my book, The Coach Who Would Not Sell. Just use the code Michelle sent me and it'll give you your copy for free. You'll see my spin on sales. So you can start to get a little bit more about how I mean that you can shape things your own way. Or if there's something in you that's eager to come out, or if you are just chafed to death from all the shoulds and people trying to whittle you down, as Jen would say, then what I want you to do is screw my website. Don't even go there. Go directly to a site with messaging. For me, the best two are Instagram, where I'm at Anniepreneur, or LinkedIn, my favorite site, shockingly, where you can just look up my name, Annie P. Ruggles. Send me a message. Let me know what you're up to and let's see what we can excavate together. I'd be glad to do it. Love it. If you've got something grown inside you that's got to talk to Annie. Or Honestly. call a doctor. Or call a doctor. The way that you just said that, I heard it back and I'm like, hey, you got something growing inside of you. Consult a gynecologist. That could be true too. So, uh, we will, of course, have all of Annie's links in the show notes. Scroll down, click on the link, open up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So, Annie, you mentioned earlier that your parents were both entrepreneurs. But when would you say that 
that you discovered that you were that special kind of crazy enough to go, yeah, I need to become an entrepreneur? Oh, when did I decide I was the special kind of crazy enough to do this? Uh, I have to remind myself and rechoose it every single day. So that question's a bit tough because sometimes I'm like, I'm not crazy enough to do this. I want my bed and I want a 401k and I just want validation all the time and never to make a live again. Okay. Um, but most of the time, that's not the case. When did I get this? Um, I think when I realized how unemployable I've become <laughs> and right. and it, because I would always just want to innovate on things. So like I had a job where I would call a bazillion people to tell them that they want a happy hour party at a bar where everybody won the happy hour party. Right. So I would have to say the same script over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I was just like, well, hold on. Why are we doing it this way? Why can't we do it this way? Also, the sales script is terrible. Also, why can't we change it up? Also, da, 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 da. and why am I calling these people? And why are we lying to them? Why can't we just say, hey, you were in and you seem to have enjoyed yourself. I don't want to say you won a party because everybody gets the party. Why can't we just tell the truth? And they're like, Annie, read the script. Annie, read the script. It's a script. It's written down. Read it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, well, send these emails. So I'm like, these emails are terrible. Why do I have to do this? And I was like, and what happened was I revolutioned the I revolutionized the entire department of the business's Chicago location. They took my changes out nationwide, implemented them everywhere, and then laid me off. Oh, so I was like, you know rude. what? I mean, it was just rude. But also, did I want to work in the bar basement with roaches for the rest of my life? Answer, no, I did not. So... It, that was one of the many liberations of me. But that was when I had the idea of like, I don't like when I have to do things the way that they're fed to me. I really don't like adopting other people's ethics or style, I which is part of the reason why to this day, I will never encourage my clients to do something that even feels like it minorly grates on their ethics. I did not like telling everybody they want a party when everybody wins. I didn't like it. And I could have changed it and made the bar just as much money. And I did. And that's what I was like, well, this is dumb. Not that I'm always better at everything than everybody else. I'm not. But when I'm allowed to do things my own way, things get done. And people feel better about the way they're done. And so when that happened, and I was like, I can keep aping everybody's morals until I die or I can just do my own. Right. Love it. Love you, baby. You are awesome. And you are awesome. I, I, I could talk to you all day long. You know that, but we got to get back to work. So <laughs> any last words? Last words for the peeps. If you need the little blue pill sometimes to get you back up, I want you to know that that is not because something is wrong with you. That is because entrepreneurship is hard. And so if you need a boost, sometimes there's no shame in that. And if you need to recalibrate sometimes, there's no shame in that. If you need to lean on someone else sometimes, there's no shame in that. You're not bad for needing the pill. I wish again that I could fix the industry and the algorithm. I can't. But what I can do is my part to normalize that sometimes you just need to take your little blue pill and be proud of yourself for taking it. Here, here. Love it, love it, love it. And thank you so much for being here with us today. I appreciate your time and I know how valuable it is. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here and I can't wait to see you soon. <laughs>
handsome peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends so we can help y'all get it up when you need us because we love having you here. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.